0: reading is from Romans chapter 12. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Uh, It is great to be here. And uh, although I worship at Burford, um, I feel that this is really very much my second home. And it's great to to see people who I know and love and uh, to be here fellowshipping with with you guys and uh, particularly some of the coaches who who I I work quite closely with. Uh, It's great. Now, guys, we've been uh, in a bit of an election, haven't we, recently? <laughs> it's been quite fascinating. And um, we've heard a lot about uh, political manifestos, haven't we? Now, this um, Paul's letter to the Romans um, is a bit, a bit like a political manifesto. Uh, and it's been compared by many people to, to, to that. Um, it's a manifesto for, for, for us. For Christians, for the Church, uh, a way of living, and what a manifesto does is, for a government, it lays out, or a party lays out their intentions for the election, intentions um, and principles, and policies on uh, on what they're going to do in the next five years or so. Um, and uh, Paul, in this letter, is really just—it's more than a letter, more than one of his other letters. It's it's far more comprehensive. Um, and uh, he he is he's laying out uh, a manifesto for us of, of Christian living of, of beliefs uh, and also um, uh, some principles and also some ways to live. And um, my talk um, uh, today is called um, uh, is about relationships, and I've called it revolutionized relationships. Uh, and I want to I want to focus. Um, on a couple of, couple of uh, on the last few verses, if that's okay, uh, which is a shame because there's some real nuggets in there. There's some real nuggets. Um, and, um, uh, and I want you just to think about, though, yourself in the early church, the early Roman church, um, just to remind you what was going on there. Uh, the Roman church was uh, under persecution. It was being dominated by the Roman Empire, and uh, if you were around in those days, it, 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 it would have been pretty tough to be a Christian. Also, we think there was tension within the church between perhaps the, the, some factions between the Jews uh, and the Greeks, and uh, there was some tension internally within the church. So there was a lot going on for the early church. External pressures—bit to be imagine. Uh, Oxford occupied by the Nazis, you know, just uh, similar. Uh, you had the enemy right, right, um, right there, dominating your culture, your society, the way you lived, and uh, that is the context of of, of of Romans. That is the context of this letter, of Paul's letter, and um, and I just want you just to think about that as as we as we delve into it. So. Paul is setting out what we should do, not, uh, and his, his letter has lasted not like a political manifesto, for, which lasts for about five years, it's lasted 2,000 years, and it will go on a lot, lot longer than, uh, than the next parliament. We need to follow it, guys. We really need to follow it. It's, a, it's an example of how Jesus wants us to live. And I've found, I've counted about 20 pleas by, by Paul on how we should live in the light of what Jesus has done to us, uh, for us on the cross. 20 pleas by, by, by Paul. Uh, and I'd love to go into all of them. I thought about the zeal one, actually. I, I thought I could make a link um, to do with Chelsea again. Um, uh, but I have been to Stamford Bridge. I'm not just a, a new um, follower of Chelsea. I have been following them for a while. And uh, I have been to Stamford Bridge. And I did think when I went, uh, gosh, these guys are pretty zealous for Chelsea. And you will see them tonight uh, on the news. If you watch the sport, you'll see Chelsea fans celebrating. They're zealous. They're really zealous. But I hope that I'm more zealous for Jesus. And, uh, and this is one, that's one of, one of the pleas Paul makes in, that, in those verses. Um, serve the Lord with zeal. Serve the Lord with zeal. And uh, he calls us, in the light of what he's done on the cross, in the light that he's died for us, to serve him not out of duty, not like a robot, but out of love. Uh, and we need to do that with zeal. It's not very fashionable. Um, it's perhaps, um, you know, perhaps we were zealous when we first started off as Christians, uh, and uh, now, like, perhaps, you know, we've slid into sort of comfort zone, uh, our own comfort zones, and uh, we've become a little moderate in, in, in our approach to serving Jesus, but um, God does call us to be zealous in our service of Him. So... I can't go into all those themes, but uh, all, those, all those please, but I would like just to just point out the four key themes. If we could have those up, uh, please. A theme of love, a theme of sincerity, a theme of humility, and this final theme that I really want to focus on in a minute, a theme of peacemaking and avoiding revenge. And indeed, even a, a theme of forgiveness. I... I um, I'd probably put a a fifth one up there. That seems to come out, a theme of forgiveness. And I'd like to look at that, uh, that, at the last few verses. Do not repay evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is risen that thing about the um, coals on the head—a little, little weird, um, little strange little snippet there from Paul. But they, um, what what people think is that was a reference to what the Egyptians did. If you did something uh, wrong in Egyptian society, they would put coals on your head, and it would shame you in, 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 into doing the right. So um, there's a bit of a bit of a reference, they think. Okay, um, now I was looking around for a great story about revenge, and. Um, there's some really good ones around in the Bible, and there's a few. Uh, there's a few in there, um, but perhaps the best one can be found in Judges. I love Judges. Um, uh, uh, <clears throat> they were going to call Judges Adventures in Testosterone, <laughs> and, uh, and and I've got a picture up there of uh, of of. of, of uh, John O'Lomu, if you can recognize him. I was thinking of Mick Skinner. He was, he was my generation. He was the guy I looked up to when I was playing rugby. I was a flanker. like Mick. Do you remember him? Um, Mick Skinner, he was called the cruncher or muncher or something, and he used to have a, 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 an infamous tackle. And uh, he also had a mullet, so I thought I was trying to trying to get him up. Um, uh, you, do you remember the mullet? He had a really unpleasant haircut, and just I thought he was sort of modern-day Samson. But uh, John O'Lomu was... I think, uh, in the same league and, um, and uh, full of testosterone. Judges is full of testosterone. And Samson, I think, is probably one of the, one of the guys who had, a, had it in bucket loads. Um, so we pick up the story of Samson in Judges 15. And I just want to run through this passage. Later on, at the time of the wheat harvest, Samson took a young goat and went to visit his wife. Hmm. He said, "I'm going to my wife's room, but her father would not let him go in. A little bit weird. Um, Goat, wife's room. Uh, What's going on there?" I was so sure that you thoroughly hated her. He said, "That I gave her to your friend. Isn't your her younger sister more attractive? Take her instead." That sounds a bit odd, don't you think? I'm a social worker, and I'd have, be asking a few questions about this family. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Samson said to them, this time I have the right to get even with the Philistines. I will really harm them. Note, he's talking about rights. We're going to come back to that in a moment. So he went out and caught 300 foxes and tied them tail to tail in pairs. He then fastened a torch to every pair of tails, lit the torches and let the foxes loose in the standing grain of the Philistines. He burned up the shocks and the standing grain together with the vineyards and olive groves. There's instructions for that on the internet. (laughs) Um, So um, it's a bit like going into a neighboring neighboring economy, a neighboring country and, and destroying the financial market and the manufacturing sector. If you go, you know, he he was making a point there. You know, they lost at the time of the harvest, the the grain, the vineyards, the olives. They would have been a little bit angry. And what did they do? When the Philistines asked, who did this? They were told, Samson, the Timnite's son-in-law, because his wife was given to his friend. So the Philistines went up and burned her and her father to death. Samson said to them, since you've acted like this, I won't stop until I get my revenge on you. He attacked them viciously and slaughtered many of them. Then he went down and stayed in a cave in the rock of Etam. Can you see a pattern of revenge emerging here? The Philistines went up and camped in Judah, spreading out near Lehi. The men of Judah asked, Why have you come to fight us? We have come to take Samson prisoner, they answered, to do to him as he did to us. Then 3,000 men from Judah went down to the cave in the rock of Etam and said to Samson, Don't you realize that the Philistines Philistines, um, are, are rulers over us? What have you done to us? He answered, I merely did to them what they did to me. Sounds like my children. They said to, said to him, we've come to tie you up and hand you over to the Philistines. Samson said, swear to me that you won't kill me yourselves. Agreed, they answered. We will only tie you up and hand you over. We will not kill you. So they bound him up and with two new rope, ropes and led him up from the rock. As he a, a, approached Le, uh, Lehi, the Philistines came towards him shouting, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him in power. The ropes uh, on his arms became like charred flax, and the bindings dropped off from his hands. Finding a fresh jawbone of a donkey, he grabbed it and struck, struck down a thousand men. A jawbone of a donkey, handy to have around if you're, if you're going to have a, a fight with a few Philistines. Um, then Samson said, with a, donkey's, with a donkey's jawbone, I have made donkeys of them. Um, with a donkey's jawbone, I have killed a thousand men. When he was fin- finished speaking, he threw away the jawbone, and the place was called Ramath Lehi. Can you see a vicious cycle of revenge? Can you see what was going on there? This is how not to do it. But aren't we sometimes a bit like Samson? In our lives, in our families, at work, in our marriages, we desire revenge. There's a little worldly code that says, "Um, what about justice to me? I have the right for a bit of justice here. I have the right to, to make, make the person accountable for, for their actions. It goes on, doesn't it, in our, in our world. It goes on in my world. It's to do with a sense of justice. Uh, I work uh, in London with gangs, uh, as I mentioned earlier, on the states. And uh, we see this the whole time. It's really stark in London. Uh, just two weeks ago, we don't know why, but uh, we think it's to do with our gang, one of the gangs that we work with, um, winding up, they, 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 they wind up the big gang. And the problem if you do that in London is the big gang come back and you wind them up, you might uh, do something wrong to them, but they come back and they, come back, uh, they came back two weeks ago in a vicious manner. They came back with guns to our, to our little gang. Uh, the group that we work with, and in that group, uh, one of our coaches, one of one of a, a girl called Agnes, a 15-year-old girl, was with that with a with a group with her boyfriend. They were trying to get the boyfriend, her boyfriend, and they shot at the group. And sadly, um, uh, the, although the group were able to get out of the way, duck under this little low wall. Um, that's, that runs in, in it's on, was on the Colville estate and um, Agnes wasn't quick enough to get out of the way and she got shot she got shot dead and this is happening a lot on on estates uh, and uh, let's if you could remember her family and your prayers um, it is such a, 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 an awful thing on our streets this revenge it really is and and um, Uh, and uh, so please remember Agnes and her uh, her mom in your prayers. But it's not just in, in, it's not just on the streets. It's not just um, there that we see revenge occur. It also can happen in in smaller ways uh, in our families, in our marriages. Sometimes, indeed, even in our churches, it often starts small. Maybe there's an a, 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 a just cause for seeking revenge. With Samson, there was there was a just perhaps at the start there was a just cause uh, for for seeking revenge. Um, and we we sometimes think, don't we, that um, we need to take revenge. We need to step in. Uh, and uh, sometimes in, in, my, in, my, in my family life, I think, to, or my, with my wife, I, I think sometimes, actually, she's not being very lo- logical here. I, I really need to just um, subconsciously, I'm I, I just aware sometimes I think, well, I just need to, you know, perhaps give her the cold shoulder or step away or, you know, just in subtle ways. That's, that, that happens the whole time, doesn't it? People start. To say things in work, sometimes you know it could be in human resources. Say, Humor, somebody says something in human resources about sales, and then sales say something about human resources, and suddenly within the firm there's a huge, um, a, a negative um, uh, feeling, and it starts to to go backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards. Now. Do you remember in the in the in the 80s there that there was that computer game you could get you could download or, or buy you probably didn't download it it's called Ping, you know do you remember, Ping backwards and forwards, and uh, uh, and uh, you know it was it was it's quite a stark thing and now um, I, and I just wondered if we could get that out just to illustrate, just I want you to remember. We'll just leave it there. Jonathan. Is this a first for St. Andrew's Church? Yeah. Can everybody see? I'm going to show you my skills at ping pong. Because I want to illustrate what goes on in relationships Um, sometimes. Relationships... When, when you start taking revenge in relationships, it becomes like a game of ping-pong. So you say something, ping, you, uh, and something comes back, backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards. It happens the whole time. It happens in churches. I've seen it happen in churches. Oh, the youth department do this. Oh, um, perhaps... Um, And then, you know, they they say something about the leadership team. And then the leadership says, well, we've really got to do something about the youth department. And it just gets worse and worse and worse. Jesus calls us to break that cycle, doesn't he? He calls us to stop. I love ping pong. But ping pong in relationships is just not on, guys. We have got to do, we've got to put the bat down. We've got to put the bat down and not play ping pong in relationships, we've got to put the jawbone down, and not and not take it um, into into our families, into our workplaces. The, perhaps the, you know. What about family gatherings, guys? The, the, there's ping pong going on the whole time in family gatherings. You know, Christmas time, the big get together. I mean, there's there's ping pong going on in the kitchen, in the sitting room. Everywhere there's jawbones <laughs> all over the place. There's a there's a massive one in the in the garden shed. Um, you can really really see that cycle of revenge happening the whole time, the whole time. But it's our decision to not play ping pong. You know we can do we can we see it. It doesn't have to be overt. Sometimes we can just do sort of passive revenge. You ever heard of that? Passive revenge. Oh, dear. She didn't get her A-levels. How sad. She didn't pass. Oh, dear. She didn't get- he didn't get picked for the team. Oh, rat. Or, um, you know, you just maybe back away from a situation where you perhaps could have stepped in and do good, and you, and you just let something bad happen to somebody. happens the whole time. We need to stop doing that. Because if we start taking revenge, what are we doing? We're taking God's place. He says, it's my right to take revenge. It's my right to have revenge. It's my right, uh, Paul says, allow space for God's anger, for God's wrath. Yeah, he takes justice very seriously. He doesn't like to see bullying in relationships. He doesn't like to see violence on the streets. No, he does not. He does not. But we are called to be peacemakers. We're called to step in and, and, and make a difference and a surrender cycles of violence, handed over to God. But so often, we want to get into God's chair, don't we? Mm, it's my right. Well, just leave this one to me. I'm going to sort it out. I'm going to take uh, justice into my own hands. We see it the whole time. John and I have just been over to Kenya, and uh, the consequences of that violence a year ago are still very much being felt in Kenya right now. You know, there's poverty. There's, it's affected wages, the basic wages. was coming up to about two pounds a day, they've slipped down again. They've slipped down a day. Very average wages. Uh, because of the economic... The, the, the violence had an economic effect too. Cycle of revenge. We have to take to put down our jawbones, put down our table tennis bats. Now, uh, in Peter, one Peter. There's the, Peter points out what Jesus did when he, uh, when, when insults were rained down upon him. One Peter chapter two verse twenty three, when they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself uh, to him who judges justly. Jesus did not retaliate. Instead, because he was in such communion with God, he stands over them, he hands them over, rather, to God. He was massively wronged, wasn't he? He saw massive injustice that led to the cross. He saw it coming, but he entrusts himself to God. He gives himself over to God. And indeed, he entrusts those who wronged him over to God. I'm going to set them free, in, uh, uh, and he said, I'm going to set them free. Uh, uh, and what we need to do in our hearts, in our psyche, is set those three. You might be in a marriage It might be in a business. Somebody's wronged you in a business. We need to set them free. Hand them over to God. I'm going to hand them over to you. We surrender revenge and we give them over to God. And we say, God, you can deal with them. You judge justly. Jesus turned his situation over to God. And we need to do the same. But Samson didn't. He said, I have the right to take revenge, so often I find myself, oh, I have the right to get stuck in here, I'm just going to uh, let, uh, let him feel a little bit of my wrath, a little bit of my anger here, you know, might be in a, in a committee meeting, might be in a board meeting, and might just, just maybe uh, not include them in on the minutes, just small things, you know, uh, uh, just people take revenge in that way. Jesus, as ever, pushes it even further, doesn't he? In Matthew 5, verse 6, he says, love your enemies and pray for them. Pray for them. In the Greek, um, the the translation to pray for in this this passage is to wish them well and pray for them. Wish them well and pray for them. That's pretty tough stuff. So forgiveness starts, peacemaking starts when we drop the jawbone. And there's, there's three ways, guys, that we can, um, we can start living towards that Christian manifesto, to what God wants us to live, and what Paul laid out in Romans, in Romans 12. The three things that I can think of, and uh, if you want further references on this type of work, I'd really some great websites around on peacemaking. I mean, it's a whole area we can talk about uh, and, and breaking the cycle of revenge. I've declared it's, it's taken me 42 years. I, I've become a, a, a peacemaker. That's not an active thing. That, that is an active thing. It's not sort of being sort of pink and fluffy pacifist. It's actually trying to, t- to, to pursue peace. And there's a, an increasing movement around the world. Uh, I'm a follower of Shane Claiborne, um, uh, and he's, he's a great example of, of somebody who's a... He was straight to Iraq. He was Iraq before the, before the bombing start, and he said, I'm going to go and be with the so-called enemies of America, and he identified with them. An example of peace, peacemaking at a, at a sort of strategic level. Rob Bell has also done some teaching on this area. And um, there are three three ways that we can do. We can three steps we can sort of take. Are we are are you in a situation that you need to drop the jawbone? It's been building and building and building. Is there something? Maybe maybe it's in your in your marriage. Maybe it's with your boyfriend or girlfriend, or maybe it's with a buddy or a work colleague. Do you need to l- lay down that jawbone? Do you need to put down the table tennis bat? Stop playing ping pong. Is there any situation where you've been excusing wrong that you're doing yourself? I know people, people I respect and admire in many ways, who um, uh, one friend, a Christian buddy, he's do, he's he does stuff that <clears throat> he's you know I'm I'm he's he's got a great moral compass, but he's excusing wrong that that in himself because. Uh, He was wronged himself. So he's doing stuff to others uh, and excusing his own behavior because they did stuff. Now, um, is there any situation like that that you need to hand over to God? Do you need to put it down? Do you need to hand it over? Sometimes this is a hard area. Forgiveness is not a soft thing. It's not a soft thing. And, and, it, and it comes with some caveats. You know, it's not just saying, well, if, you know, if somebody's in, a, in an abusive situation, then there are consequences. There are consequences. There may, you may need to put boundaries down. You may, there may need to be court action and so forth. But this is different. Forgiveness is handing a situation over to God and praying for them, letting go, letting go. That's really freeing, really, really freeing uh, in our psyche, in your own psyche, um, in yourself, you'll find it freeing. But it, sometimes it's hard. But with God, we can do this, can't we? So, as we go into communion, let's, can I just pray? Um, that we start to think about this area. And we hand these situations over. <sighs> yes. Yes. Lord, you said love your enemies and pray for them. Lord, we find this really hard. I find this really hard. But we lift over, lift to you our enemies and we pray for them. We lift to you the enemies of Great Britain, the Taliban, whoever it might be. We pray for them. We wish them well in your name. We, we don't fully understand all this, but we wish them well in your name, Lord Jesus. And indeed, Lord, in our, in our, little, in our lives, in our workplaces, in our families, in our marriages, in our friendships. We, we ask you to help us drop the jawbone, to drop the, put the table tennis bat, to stop playing ping pong. Please, Lord Jesus, help us in this area. We pray for a breaking of the cycle of revenge. Lord, in our lives, we ask this. We ask this, Lord. If there are any situations that we've um, been doing wrong because of something somebody's done to us. We say sorry to you right now, Lord Jesus. We confess that to you before communion. We hand that, that situation over to you. We pray that you would come and resolve that situation, Lord Jesus. Amen.